You are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey. We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within. And welcome back to the Way of Healing podcast. I'm Casey. Hey, OJ here. Yeah, just back from Mexico. Can't wait to hear more about your trip, OJ. Mm. So welcome Today, we have one of my teachers I'm very honored to introduce to you, Sofia Ianovskaya. She is a reflexologist, and she is an Ayurvedic wellness counselor, and she is located in, in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area. Welcome, Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, good to have you on. How are you, Sophia? I'm good. Yeah. Do you, you live out here in LA? Live in LA? I live in in San Fernando Valley. Ah, gotcha, cool. And your practice is out there? In, in Tarzana. Ah, so it's a little bit of a trip out to this pleasure. part of town. Great pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, traffic hasn't been too bad, so it's been good. Weather's nice. Yeah, what Life else? Is good. What, what day is it? It's Friday. Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Yeah. It's much warmer in the valley yeah. than in here. Uh-huh, it's starting to steam up out there, huh? Yeah. I noticed it was really warm yesterday during the day here, but it still gets cool. I went I went to the beach for sunset, mm. and I was wishing, of course, that I had a sweatshirt and a scarf. Yeah. I know. Yeah, kind of, never mind. Mexico was nice. Of course it was. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he, he texted me. He was supposed to be there for four days. He texted me and was like, I'm extending my trip to 14. <laughs> oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah, I'm back. So... So, Sophia, so I met Sophia uh, at IPSBE, the Institute for Psychostructural Balancing, which, as many of you know, is the massage school where OJ and I met. And she was teaching a class on facial marma. Sophia, can you tell us what facial marma is? Sure. It's, um, it's a beautiful Ayurvedic tradition. Uh, marmas are, uh, for those people who don't know what Ayurveda is, I think I should start with that. It's a science, it's a philosophy, which originated from India 5,000 years ago. And this tradition, namely facial marma, what was passed on to me by my favorite teacher and mentor. And this month marks, unfortunately, his two years anniversary since he passed away. So that's why I chose April to teach, or end of May, April to teach this class. So Marma, you will probably laugh, but I call it an Ayurvedic meetup. (laughs) (laughs) You know that we have, I don't know how familiar you are with Ayurveda, but we have three doshas. Dosha means your body constitution, Mm -hmm. and it never changes. I know that a lot of people just go online and just get a test and they say, I'm, I'm a vata or I'm a pita, I'm a kapha. And then they go by that. But I want to let you know it's useful, but it's useful to know, but it's not only that. First of all, we all have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. It cannot, you, you're not only one vata or pita kapha, but and it will never change. For example, I will never become a, a constitution of Angelina Jolie or Cameron <laughs> Diaz, and they will never become Sofia Yanovskaya because that's how we were born. So I don't really care that much about um, that. What we care and, and what we need to address is your current imbalance. That's what we are looking for. So I'm not that much into those online tests for that reason. Okay. So going back to our conversation, what facial marma is, marma is a vital point where all the energies meet. First of all, where vata, pita, and kapha meet. And I will just briefly tell for those people who are not familiar that everything in Ayurveda revolves around five elements. It's ether, it's uh, or space, air, fire, water, and earth. So For vata constitution, which are air and space people, it's the energy of air and space. Uh, For pita people, it's the energy of fire and water. Hello. And for earth uh, and for 
Kapha people is the energy of earth and water. And you could see, and my teacher said, what's so important is it's not only that, the doshas, but the energies of Soma, Agni, and Marut. So Soma is the lunar energy. We need that. Agni is the fire energy. Like We need the sun and, and in combination with water, otherwise we will explode. And uh, we need the earth energy. And what was the name of the earth energy again? Ka- Kapha or Marut. Uh, Marut. Sorry. Yeah. So Soma, Agni, and Marut. So Soma is the energy of the moon, very nurturing energy. Agni is the energy of the solar energy. And um, Marut is the uh, very intelligent energy of the air. And we can, and how these energy, cosmic energy, are shown in, in our physiology is through doshas, vata, pita, and kapha. So first is the cosmic, soma, agni, and marut. And in our physiology, these elements play out, as I explained, the dosha. And you can watch th- those everywhere, even on freeway 405. <laughs> like a vata person, they would drive nervously, they would do, um, like, Vata people are very irregular, nervous. They it's hard for them to calm down. They're talkative. They're incredible dancers. They, it's all about movement. Pita people they are quite um, like competition. They're driven. They're great politicians. They love to exercise and overexert themselves. They're very prone to inflammation. They know what they want. They're very decisive. And Kafa people, they are more, they're wonderful administrators. They like to sleep on a couch. They need to be motivated, stimulated with spices, which they resist at first. That, so that's a brief in- introduction. So why facial marma is because I'm very, very passionate. You know, <laughs> you may find it strange, but I really like combining, because I'm so passionate about two subjects, reflexology and Ayurveda. So to me, even though it's not exactly, but facial marma is an Ayurvedic reflexology. Hmm. And uh, marma points is where energies meet, where all the tendons and vessels meet in one point. And it's very beneficial knowing how to do it. And these are secrets of Ayurvedic philosophy. So. Yeah. That's why I like it so much. <laughs> I've been really looking forward to getting someone that studied Ayurveda on the podcast because I know very little about it. And so the fact that you're on here, I'm going to ask you some questions in a way that's going to try to break things down in a really digestible way for myself and for our listeners who aren't familiar with Ayurveda. So when you're talking about these different energies, what are those felt things? Are those things that people can figure out on their own or do they have to see someone that has studied it in order to figure out exactly where they lie on the spectrum? You mean for facial marma? No, for uh, Ayurveda in particular. For the doshas? Yeah. For the vata, pitta, and kapha? Yeah. It's really, see, I went to uh, first how I came to become interested in Ayurveda back in 2005. There was a visiting professor. His name is Dr. Torsunov. Mm-hmm. He's uh, from Moscow, and he's an official professor of Ayurveda at Mumbai University. And I was so fascinated with what he presented, the lifestyle, the body work. And at that time, I was so sick with all kinds of ailments, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. And then I went to have a consultation with him, and he, he just took my pulse. He treats people by using herbs and gemstones. And the herbs had to be worn on my hands and feet. And I had to interchange them all the time, depending on the sun and moon position during the day. And within two weeks, I had a tremendous, tremendous improvement. And I completely had to change my daily routine, the whole approach. I I became interested. So I would say it's useful. And then I became... That's a different story, but I enrolled a couple of years afterwards into Kerala Ayurveda Academy, but that was not enough. I realized that if I don't meet a teacher or guru, it's a great theoretical and some practical knowledge, but I really was manifesting somebody who who has a practice, who I can become an intern for and really sit in on consultations, learn about the diet, about the daily routine, about the pulse about everything. So I would say, of course, if 
you just want to study on your own just to get some knowledge, it's okay. But if you want to take it at a more advanced level, I, I would find a teacher, a very knowledgeable teacher, because I don't know how you can learn pulse on your own. I can remember I went to see an acupuncturist. I was in Telluride, Colorado, and he was also an herbalist. I think he was doing Chinese medicine. And within moments of touching my hand, Mm -hmm. my wrist, he was able to detect that I was on my moon cycle. Mm -hmm. And I've been fascinated by the pulses because I've Mm -hmm. tried for myself. Now, I haven't tried in earnest, but I've tried and I've been like, what? I have three there's three different pulses that I'm supposed to be able to detect, mm-hmm. right, from from underneath my fingers. So do you know much about the pulses? It's a, such an intricate and complicated study, and it takes at least seven years to really learn it in depth. I know about the pulses because I was sitting on Vajamishra's con- consultations, and in Ayurveda, it's also Vata Pitta and Kapha Pulse. And each dosha, when you take a pulse, is also divided into five other subdoshas. So it's really, really a complicated study. So somebody needs to introduce you to that. It's not that easy to figure out all these beats. It's very complicated. It's funny. I came to Ayurveda, I think, also around 2005. That's when I was given Dr. Vasant Lod's book. Oh, I see. And I studied it. I was living in New York, and I saw an Ayurvedic practitioner also. Mm-hmm. What I found is, like, the herbs and the supplements are wonderful. At the time, my lifestyle was a lot of, it was very vata, and I sort of trying to maintain and, and keep up with it and the supplements and mm-hmm. And the cost of that was something too. But what I found as I study it more is that there are easier ways to integrate basic concepts and basic Ayurvedic principles into daily life. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about what some of these might be? See, I since my teacher is Vajra Mishra, and um, I don't know if it's interesting for the audience, I can tell you a couple of stories, but he was really a world premier Ayurvedic physician. And I I would say he was a revolutionary in what he did because he invented and came up with so many fascinating formulations. You may find it surprising, but we don't really use any supplements or vitamins. Everything, and I'll explain why, everything what he invented is a transdermal absorption in order to bypass the liver. Why people have so many problems, especially because we have so much heat and too much sun, a lot of people's uh, liver is overheated. And there are so many vitamins and supplements which are synthetic. So what he did, he made vitamin D is a roll-on, magnesium is a roll-on, B12 is a cream, ashwagandha is a cream or a roll-on, alpha lipoic acid, you name it, we have it in our office. And it's really, truly revolutionary. We don't take anything by mouth. Everything is immediate absorption into your bloodstream. Got it. That's because it's going on your skin. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. And not all Ayurvedic practitioners are working that way. Oh, right. Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, I came home with bags and bags of brown herbs that all smelled like tree roots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just wanted my cup of coffee in the morning. I didn't want to we even have an Ayurvedic coffee substitute <laughs> ah, there where go. there is, it took Vajamishra a couple of years to figure out because the color was not a problem, but to make it taste, I cannot say it tastes exactly like coffee, coffee, unless you make Nothing it strong. Nothing tastes like coffee, exactly. coffee. It's maybe like a coffee drink, but Sometimes what it does. Sometimes coffee doesn't taste like yeah. coffee. It has no coffee, no coffee beans, and I I cannot start my day without it. What it has is wild dates uh, for brain oxygenation. It has chicory for the lungs and breathing. It has mukuna, which means uh, papikachu, jumping monkey, that increases libido, and it gives you more energy naturally. ladies and gentlemen. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, for ladies and gentlemen, and um, it's so so delicious, and you can have it with, um, we have sweet nectar, which which can be, we have four different tastes, real rose, cardamom, 
send them on a regular like stevia proprietary formula mm. or if you have it with milk if you're a lot now that's a big problem people are not drinking milk uh are not allowed they have to boil it then mix it or if you have to have organic brown sugar almond milk i don't know how you make it but it's a delicious drink tell us about milk tell us more about milk your thoughts on milk i just very disappointing when you know how years years ago you would come to a birthday party and you could eat everything right and now we have people saying oh I, i'm vegan or i'm a vegetarian or i'm a meat eater or, I, I can, i'm lactose intolerant i'm this and this and this so i know one of the star students of Vajamishra, dr teitelbaum in fact i attended her lecture yesterday at Beverly Hills Public Library on thyroid. It's a book called Thyroid, Healing Thyroid Through Ayurveda. I highly, highly recommend. Just came out last month through, it's available now on Amazon, where she shares secrets of the diet and the approach and why people have certain diseases of which everyone you ask, thyroid issue. And it's, she said that it's very disappointing that milk and ghee and nuts, they're very important for animal protein is very important. And the form how you get it is different. But in order for you to have ojas, which in Ayurveda means like a healthy energy, rosy chicks, like bright personality and not a tired looking, pale, barely moving person who is constantly tired. In, in order for that, you have to eat right and incorporate those foods into your diet. But unfortunately, our liver and gallbladder is so compromised by antibiotics Yes, vaccinations, heavy metals, that we're not able to digest anything. I'm going to say I was named after Ojas from now on. You were named after what? Ojas. Oh, OJ after Ojas. I love that. I'm using that. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. So the whole point of Ayurveda is to bring someone who's out of balance into balance, you were saying? Yes. So, uh, yes, this, you put it wonderfully, actually, OJ. <laughs> Ojas. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not only about the herbs. If you don't have a good daily routine, I remember my teacher always, it's now my mantra. And that, that's what he said. I don't care about anything. That the mantra is never skip or delay the meals. Mm, <laughs> I remember you telling us said. that. That's the <laughs> most important thing. And I know that a lot of your audience probably are massage therapists or massage practitioners. Do I, not got, only, no. We've yeah. got all kinds of audiences. Uh, all kinds of audiences. With gratitude. Uh, whenever you're trying to work and you're, you're hungry or you're delivering some work, a project, or if you are in a body work, when you're hungry and you're, you know that you have a client or you have to meet your hours, you're really delivering a very angry energy because you're irritated, basically. So you got to eat on time, you got to eat right, and then you'll be in a better alignment. And that, that goes for all kinds of professions. Yeah, but for yeah, everyone. Don't mm. give angry massages, people. Exactly. Mm. We don't condone that. So go ahead, Oj. The, um, so is there any room for fasting in Ayurveda? Is that a thing at all? Uh, I know that... Um, there are different schools of thought. They say that if you miss, let's say, breakfast, or I also heard about in- intermittent fasting, and I'm actually uh, working with someone who's, who's very hungry, <laughs> fasting all the time, and he cannot focus. Sometimes when you skip and delay the meal, in some cases, it's uh, occasionally beneficial for the toxins to come out. But I am a kapha pita person. And sometimes what's pita about me, if you don't feed me on time, you're not going to have a good interview with me. Hmm. Uh-oh, OJ, did you, I've had that did you call in the That's food order? That's why I never <laughs> schedule anything with anyone, even when I was at school, at lunchtime. And I know what my teacher always told me, sometimes a person is angry. Don't deal with him. Don't start arguing with him. She says, have you had lunch? And if she says no, and if there is no way to get any meal, just give them an Asian pear. He will calm down. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And why Asian pear? Because it has a lower hypoglycemic index. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hangry. Hangry. Yes, that's become Boy, a if you have insomnia. So. 
Asian pear, good for insomnia. Yeah, stewed, also, Asian pear, let's say. Stewed Asian beautiful pear. breakfast recipe, which I can share. Is mm-hmm. it okay? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love so, that. Um, it's it's not a real breakfast, but it's a great starter. Why people's digestion is so compromises? Everyone is so into smoothies with ice, cold. But imagine me washing oily, greasy dishes with uh, cold water. What will happen? Hmm. You'll be washing till dusk. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly what's happening to our digestive system because first of all, it's creating a shock. Your system because of you're warm and this is very cold. And second of all, we don't recommend having anything out of refrigerator for especially, I mean, in general, but especially first thing in the morning because it's really it's like stabbing yourself with a knife. <laughs> it's just so cold. You're, you're barely waking up. You're ready for something nourishing and nurturing, and all of a sudden, boom, it ice shuts it down with blueberries, right. with some. People give me all kinds of smoothie recipes which just do not go together. And I'm wondering how they combine that and banana and spinach and blueberry and strawberry things which do not even match. And they just push it all in the blender and eat it first thing in the morning. Because culturally, we don't have the education of food pairing. Exactly. We, we don't. It, it exists in other indigenous yeah. cultures, right? I can remember going to Ghana and seeing a woman with a tray and on half the tray, she had little bags of peanuts, shelled peanuts. And on the other half of the tray, she had bunches of baby bananas and you eat them together and you have the, mm-hmm. right, the quick carbohydrates, you have the banana, the quick sugar, right, assimilates quickly. And then you have the more lasting, the protein from the, mm-hmm. from the peanuts. And that's, that's something that's inherited or has to be taught. So people are not aware that peanuts, peanut butter, it's quite, there are foods which are channel clogging and one of them is actually peanuts and peanut butter. So we don't uh, even recommend that. Huh. Uh, but going back to that recipe, which I promised to the listeners, which you can make, it's a digestive starter. Uh, you can just chop and peel a- an Asian pear, as I said, because it has lower hypoglycemic index. It's not that sweet. Or like, let's say green apple. I prefer to core and peel it first. And then you will add some water in a pan and add one or two cloves. Not the ground, but the actual hole. hole. Mm-hmm. Because the cloves really open your channels. And then cover with a lid. And I think while you're in the shower, what does it take? Seven minutes? It will already be cooked. It's very mild, soft. But please know that in one hour, you'll get hungry again. And then you can follow with, let's say, quinoa flakes or um, avocado toast once in a while or oatmeal and you can of course make it all fun with different spices so Mm. it's not a boring plain oatmeal so that that will be a really good beginning of your day asian pears is that something that grows year-round i'm not sure i get them from the asian market and i whenever i go they are available okay so yali or just really big Asian pear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How important is eating organic in Ayurveda? I will tell you, you'll probably be disappointed. I personally don't have an organic panic. And organic <laughs> panic. <laughs> I eat um, freshly clean and good vegetables. I do buy organic um, sugar, though, brown sugar when I need to bake. And we do have a couple of beautiful spices in our office. One of them is called madur masala. If you like cooking or baking, you would add madur means sweet because in Ayurveda we go by six tastes which are necessary to have. And depending on the season, the tastes change. Uh, So madur. And another one is called VJK or Vajikarana or make me your horse. It's an aphrodisiac. And for people who are low on libido, they can get Vajikarana spice and add it to their baking and give it to their partner. Okay. Cool. That that was make me your horse. <laughs> exactly. That, uh-huh. Got it. Just checking. <laughs> um, <laughs> exciting. I, I mean, Ayurveda is such a big, big subject and so is reflexology. Yeah. I would like to ask you, going back to OJ's question of he was talking about fasting, and I'm going to extend that into detox, right? Mm-hmm. How about panchakarma? Okay. Panchakarma means five actions. Uh, and I want to share that 
The best time for panchakarma, if it's done properly, is um, fall or spring. It's like spring detox. We never want to fast in winter. We don't fast in winter. It's the last time when you want to do fasting because much of your energy is going to keep you warm. It's not the time to deplete you. However, in spring, since you already accumulated so much and it's all melting, it's okay to go. So I would rather, and that's what Vajamishra taught, that you eat on a daily basis nice uh, homemade detoxifying food. And I will share a wonderful, wonderful soup, detox soup, if you wish, with you. I'll give a recipe rather than doing something extreme like colonics and panchakarma. Another thing is panchakarma has to be done under a very thorough supervision of a knowledgeable practitioner. Some people even have to stay in India. They stay at the hospital, at the facility where they are being constantly supervised before and after. First, first it starts with oleation. People are uh, offered to have some ghee to open the channels and to start releasing. And then there are different types of um, Panchakarma with sweat, with vomiting, with different five actions. But I would rather you eat on a daily basis a, a detoxifying food. We have one practitioner who is doing Panchakarma professionally and she learned it from Vajamisha. Her name is Corina Schmidt. She has a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous Ayurvedic spa in Santa Barbara. So I, whenever I want to get my Abhyanga or Shiradara, which is pouring warm oil on the third eye, I go to her. <laughs> I don't mind the drive, just for the experience. Very cool. What was the soup that you were going to tell us about? It's a detox soup. And springtime is a wonderful, wonderful time to make it. So it's called, Vajamishra called it Detox Delight. And the ingredients are asparagus, which can be cut into one inch pieces and 80% of asparagus or one bunch. Check with your doctor if you're allowed to have asparagus because asparagus is estrogenic. It's not for everyone. And then you take white daikon radish, peeled and diced small. Uh, please choose the one which is uh, thin and long hmm. radish rather than the fatter one. And that's 20% um, or one radish. And then you add a spice, which, which we have is my favorite. It's called Mom's Masala. This recipe, Vajamishra's mom taught him how to make it. So it's tridoshic, it's pre-toasted, nothing is raw there. One teaspoon, and then you can have olive oil, let's say one fourth of a tablespoon. And the method is that you add vegetables in a pan or a cooker with mom's masala. And we have a very special salt called soma salt, which is a luna energy. It's called in Ayurveda, a queen of salts because it was purified from different toxins. By the way, whenever you see a pink component in a salt, that means potentially it can also be too heating for your liver. This salt cools the liver down, soma salt. So you get a little bit of water and olive oil and you cover and cook until it's done. I think just maybe 10, 12 minutes to make a soup. And then if you want, you can add a thinly sliced ginger or Again, it's not for everyone, but whoever likes it, uh, Thai green chili. I, I don't do it. It's too much for me, but you can. And all you care is only about drinking the broth. You don't have to eat the veggies. They, you can set them aside. But all you care is that soup, the actual liquid, the broth. And that will be causing a lot of bathroom, number one, especially. So... I would do it for a week in the evening if you feel that you accumulated too many toxins. And if you wish, I can talk a little bit about toxins if it's okay. Yeah? Go for it. So Ayurveda, and especially Vajra Mishra's lineage, you will not read it in every book. So in Vajra Mishra's lineage, um, he taught us about four types of toxins. Number one is ama. Ama means undigested food. And this is relatively easy to take care of. It's basically... Cold, and that's why we say ama, when we have a cold and stuff is coming out, we have a cold or ama, <laughs> so undigested food. If you take some warm and warming spices, so in Ayurveda, lichen crisis, lichen opposites. Like in homeopathy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we do something opposite. Um, so we take some spices, we rest, and it goes away. While amadisha means when your toxins become hot and reactive. For example, if you eat leftovers, 
constantly. You know, I'm from Russia, so people would make borscht. And they think, oh, I'll just have it for a week. What do you think happens on day five to that borscht? <laughs> so it becomes... More advanced. Yeah, more advanced. <laughs> so those toxins, they sit in your physiology and you need to be helped by a knowledgeable practitioner. Is the idea, sorry, Sophia, that the leftovers, it's sort of like a dead food? It's dead food. Um. Yeah, the food in Ayurveda, we say the food is really fresh. For four hours, that's it. But some people don't do You can have leftovers for dinner, maybe maximum, maximum the next day. But the rest, it's just dead. It's the same thing. The prana is dead. Prana means life force. And Ayurveda, same thing when you use a microwave. It's just really, you kill prana. And that's why it's so important to make food, your own food, rather than restaurant food, because you don't know the mood the cook was preparing the food. You don't know what kind of day he had. Mm -hmm. You don't know the spices he is using. Uh, so that's Amavisha, that's hot reactive toxins. The next type is called Garvisha, and Garvisha means environmental toxins and waste. For example, a lot of liquid or especially powder detergents, which are available on the market, they have, like, read the labels because you think, oh, I just washed it and then I dried it and it all aired. But really, it gets whatever you put on your skin, you eat it. So you think that the head is here, the stomach is here when you eat it, but they really connect it interconnected then if you're using certain certain detergents which are detrimental to your health they also affect your hormones there is a huge research on that and the last type is very interesting it took me a week to memorize this word indra vajra vijanya visha and those are electromagnetic fields emf and we have a beautiful book in our office on electromagnetic fields and it's called the silent healer and that's why we recommend turning off wi-fi and never having any electronics including a, an electronic alarm or god forbid tv <laughs> in your bedroom this is just for rest rejuvenation romance other things but not for emf so i have a just a regular battery-operated alarm clock and no devices at all, ever. And you have a household, right? You're, li you're living with other people. With my husband. When you sort of made this transition into a more Ayurvedic lifestyle, were you with him at the time? I actually, I made it thanks to my husband. Wow. Tell us more. I'm curious about how your change in lifestyle has affected the other people that are in your sure. life. In 2010, when we got married, and actually Monday is our nine years together. Very auspicious wow. married. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. And um, three months after uh, we got married, I lost my job, my cor big corporate job. I was traveling a lot. I was constantly on the plane. And I just could not figure out what to do at all. I was just sitting on the couch, of course, doing, because I'm a door. Doing your kapha thing, though, on the exactly. couch. Exactly. <laughs> Some of it. Uh, doing different projects, but I just really didn't know where to go. And at that time, because I was sharing so much from what I learned from Dr. Tarsanov's, uh, Tarsanov's lectures with my husband, he became very interested and he bought books, the same thing what you bought, I see, um, to go to to learn it officially in the, at school. And he was looking also at Kerala Ayurveda Academy, but because he's so busy at work and he realized that he would not be able to leave his job and he said, why don't, I already got all the books. Why don't you look into that? You are the one who introduced me into it. I think it would be the next logical step to do that. So I said, I don't know. And then unfortunately, the same month when he said that to me, my father passed away in April 2011. And I came home, of course, very sad after the funeral. And I got on Facebook, like, what's new? And all of a sudden, there was an invitation from Kerala Ayurveda Academy to attend just one Saturday, complimentary, to go to class, to sit with the students and to see if it's a good fit for me. I said, that must be a sign. My husband told me all of a sudden I received an invitation. So as soon as I landed back from Russia, I called and said, you invited me. Is it still 
true? I said, yes. So come, I did come on Saturday. And then by the end of Saturday, I said, I'm still not sure. Can I come on Sunday? I said, yeah, come on Sunday. But you have to make a decision by the end of Sunday. You cannot just attend. I said, sure, I, I promise. And then I realized that I really would like to do that. And I didn't know because I didn't have a job anymore. I didn't know how to afford it. And everything came into place when you make a decision. I was a work-study student. They gave me a task to manage their Twitter account. I attracted 17,000 followers by doing this project. Hey, can we talk to you after this podcast? (laughs) And it all worked out and uh, I... It went great. And and if you're interested, I could tell you how I met Vajamishra. <laughs> where is, before we go uh, further, where is the Carol Ayurveda Carol Academy? Carol Ayurveda Academy, it's now, I mean, it was in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. In a yoga studio, Mas Vidal was the owner. At that time, Carol Ayurveda Academy was renting from Space the building in yoga where studio Mas in Vidal, he's also an Ayurvedic practitioner, but different, different lineage. And then they moved and they were renting from Dr. Perry's uh, here next street from you. What? Is, yes. Is this still, is it still I active? I have to check because then they moved a lot of things online. They still do mm-hmm. classes. I haven't been in touch too much, but a couple of students who I referred to, they became graduates. Okay. So they are, I think they're still so in West LA. We're going to have to look into that one. So then how did your lifestyle change basically, right? I mean... We all are living, not all of us, but we three at least, and many of our listeners and many of our guests do live in cities. Mm-hmm. We do lead busy lives. We do have many balls in the air that we are juggling. So yes, sometimes you're going to eat leftovers. Sometimes you're going to go to a restaurant and hopefully have a wonderful, blissful, enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. Can you give us, I guess, two things? One, how did switching to a more Ayurvedic lifestyle affect you and your husband beneficially? And then what are some tips that you can give to us as busy city people or just people that, you know, don't always have two and a half hours to prepare a meal or can't always get access to fresh Asian pears or whatever it is? Sure. Uh, So number one, I would recommend getting a rice cooker. Mm-hmm. I call it my employee. Mm. <laughs> free. It works, works well for you. Free for, yeah, it <laughs> works for free. Uh, that way, I'm also very busy. I have so many projects and I, I work giving reflexology sessions. But I would recommend only getting stainless steel, but never an aluminum. So number one is investing into a good quality rice cooker. Because uh, even if you're busy, you can just bring it to work with you. Brings, I, I, I'm not a big rice eater, so I cook everything else in it. Uh, you can bring it to work with you, bring the grains, let's say, or whatever you're cooking, add some spices, mom's masala, soma salt. You can bring it with you. It will always be fresh and you can treat other people. Uh, I have a rice cooker and it cooks for me. It's my free employee. And by the way, it's okay to eat out if you want, as long as you trust that place, trust the chef. It's okay sometimes to have leftovers. What you had for lunch, you can have it for dinner. But my life savior is a rice cooker. Rice cooker. Okay. And what were some of the benefits that you saw after? Uh, First of all, in a year and a half after I had a consultation with Vajra Mishra, I lost 45 pounds. I used to be size 16, 18. And for years, I'm now size 8. I don't mind mind saying that. And my husband is in a much, much better shape. And we, in Ayurveda, we don't recommend eating anything tofu or soya because it also is incomplete B12 and it affects your hormones. So a lot of things in my body, by listening and following, got balanced. And plus the foods which we cook, they are so delicious. You don't need two and a half hours to prepare them, maybe seven minutes. But wow. um, I'm noticing a seven theme. There's a theme of sevens. Seven. Yeah, <laughs> seventh of May. That's right. What's going on on the 7th of May? The so 7th of May mm. is a very special day this year in in India. It's called Akshaya Tritya. 
It's today, actually, for those of you listening, possibly. That's when the episode will be released. Yeah, the seventh. And it's wonderful for any new beginning without, you know, a lot of people use astrologers to calculate things because some things which we do are not beneficial. So my astrologer and consultant, she always says the most important out of all calculations, the most important thing is the day when you're buying your car because it's your safety. Then, of course, when you're moving long term, getting married is very important because you never want to do anything on the actual day of the new moon. The energy, the chi is so low. There is zero in the sky. And during the eclipse, it's not again. But Akshaya Triti is a very special day when anything is allowed. Think big without any calculations. The most potent time is in the morning, like buying things, investing, getting married, getting engaged. Like think big what is on your list. And 7th of May is a really good time. Whatever you do on that day, they say, will bring to gold or to success. So good luck with that. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. And we'll report back to you. OJ and I are going to have to come up with some things that we want to manifest and will manifest respectively. And we have something. We'll manifest. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it too. So touching back a little bit, we've talked a lot about Ayurveda. How did that eventually tie into reflexology? I think since I was a child and my mom was an MD, by the way, my mom is 76 and she still sometimes sees 30 people a day. Very dedicated and amazing doctor. So I was all into natural and alternative. I was fascinated with her. She still had something alternative on her bookshelf when I was a child. I will crawl and open some book on acupressure and just go page by page and learn. But um, eventually, before getting married to my husband, I enrolled. By the way, it's also next street from you, uh, American (laughs) (laughs) Academy of Reflexology. Uh Wow, OJ. Yeah. It's mm. right here. You know, there's a reason I haven't moved out of my little yeah. box. My so little I, small I box. got enrolled into a beginner reflexology course because I learned that my husband had a bad back pain. So I said, of course, we're not going to take any medications. We're going to do it locally. From the and- inside out. Yeah. So I learned how to do it. And then I didn't really get to practice until one of our older friends fell and broke her hip. I did a recent post on Instagram sharing her story. And I decided to be a a volunteer because she was not healing well. And I would come to her rehabilitation center. I think I gave her about 10 sessions. And the doctors were so just surprised at her because she was already 76. And you know what breaking a hip for an elderly person means at Mm -hmm. that age. And they were surprised at the recovery rate. And then I realized I love it so much. So then when I went to Kerala Ayurveda Academy, I realized that I also want to really study reflexology on a more advanced level. And I went and got trained and I received my advanced reflexology certification. Then I realized that nobody can touch anyone in California unless unless you're a massage therapist. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to A to Z massage school, which I loved. So that's how my journey started officially, professionally. And then how did you begin to blend the work or how did you come to find? <laughs> yeah. How, how is it that you've brought Ayurveda with reflexology? I think just to me, they, they just come together. And for those people who are not familiar with what reflexology is, I'll give a definition of my teacher and uh, he's a director of American Academy of Reflexology, Bill Flocker. It's reflexology is the study, art, and science of using specific touch technique on reflex maps. They resemble the shape of the human body and that I believe to exist on the feet, hands, and outer ears. So we follow diagrams and um, we work through the nervous system. And my latest, latest latest fascination is with face reflexology. I think I'm addicted. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't, aren't there also reflex maps on the face? I mean, I know yeah. the answer is yes, because I took your facial marma class. <laughs> and I can picture sort of some of the, it's like homunculus, right? If, right. You've, if you've studied neuroscience or anything like yeah. that, where it's represented. And it it's everywhere. I mean, it, it's... Yeah. Well, the body is one thing, but there's, you know, the kidney is not just in the physical location of the kidney. One thing that I remember you saying in our class that really has stayed with me is that 
reflexology is so beneficial because you're treating things electromagnetically, isn't it? Is, is, is it that that you said? Meaning you're not treating, you're not going to the source of the pain, which we can't always treat the, the pain at its physical location. No. We're treating it in another area. Yeah, you can connect. You're, re you're actually calling a reflex to respond. For oh, example, like, a, like an old school telephone operator exactly. kind of thing? So basically, it's your switchboard, a keyboard and a computer. And that's why I, I... Oh, another thing why I became so fascinated with reflexology. One of my acquaintances whom I met at Chris Howard seminar, his name is Pram Carno, and he introduced me to the switchboards method, uh, which I use so much. It's actually on Facebook. So grateful for that method, switch words. And that also works like reflexology. And all together, Ayurveda, reflexology and switch words just blended into one beautiful healing science for me, which I use up to this day. I, I live by it. It's a lifestyle. Switch words, switch right? Words. It's two words, switch no, words, one, one word, word. switch yeah. words. Okay. Is that something like NLP? Is that at all like Not really. It was invented uh, by... A, he was an educator, an entrepreneur, and writer, James Mangan. He said, why can't you, he realized, so your light switch on the wall is here. You paid for a lady WP. You pressed on it. You paid your bill, but the light comes from here. Why can't you just say something? It's like an instant manifestation, and it will work for you, like a light bulb goes off. So then other people like Kat Miller, a moderator, she's a moderator of that group on Facebook. She took it further and uh, Rhoda Randava from India, they developed such beautiful switch phrases for any condition, any situation. And plus the healing codes, a big work contributors to that are Grigory Grabavoy from Moscow and Lloyd Mayer. He lives in, I believe he lives in Palm Springs. He a huge development of the healing codes has been done by them. For any medical condition, there is one. And of course, cosmic codes for binaural beats, which you can listen with your, I could see you're wearing good headphones. So, and look at the screen. And there's so much healing for my clients happening if they use those, all these methods together. Mm -hmm. Wow. This sounds kind of extraordinary. I mean, yeah, all of it put together is really, there's a theme that's the thread through most of this podcast is that, you know, everybody that we have isn't just coming with one thing. Because mm -hmm. we realize that the sense systems integrated offers a bigger, offers something more, they inform each other. What might a session with you look like, for example, or do you work? Do you do like programs with clients? Or what are some of your offerings? Uh, so when a person comes to have a session with me and I am located inside of Whole Foods Market Tarzana, that's my office, mm -hmm. they, there is a separate section which is dedicated to people who would like to relax and that's why we call it relaxation station. Mm. And we have a beautiful leather chair from Relax the Back Store where you can really relax. I work on five zones. That's why my website is called fivemapsreflexology.com. I work on ears, hands, feet, face, and scope. And it's a very involving session. Plus, I use tuning forks or acutonics if necessary, and I like to incorporate them. And the latest thing I got, a, I received a new training. It's not exactly reflexology, it's more aesthetics, but still I incorporated it. It's called sculptural facelift. So altogether, let's say if people just want the face work, they could start with facial marma, which is an Ayurvedic uh, tradition and followed. After that, I followed. And there is a beautiful set which goes with it called Samadhi set. It's a very, that what makes this Ayurvedic experience so unique in Sva or Shakavansi Ayurveda lineage by Vajra Mishra. So he invented that Samadhi set. Samadhi means bliss. We open the channels. We prepare all marma points to open before we give facial marma. So that gives you a blissful experience. Then we do facial marma. And then after that, uh, I like doing a facial massage with cancer face wand. That's one protocol. Other people like it more real face reflexology. I am proud to be a student of two different schools. Number one, 
Patrick Aguilar or multi-reflex reflexology, which is also Dian Chen, Vietnamese beautiful method. And another one I am still studying. She's an incredible teacher and instructor. Her name is Lone Sorensen. It's a very advanced face reflexology system, which I am working diligently to master. And other people, they just want sculptural facelift. So they come, they want to be... As opposed to getting injections, right? Or, no, no, right? God forbid. No injection, no Botox, just by hands. Mm-hmm. And I use beautiful products. I never go cheap on my clients. So all I use exclusively the products by my teacher. It's called Lalita Facial Oil. We have it regular formula or with beta carotene and collagen. And it's a very special recipe because all different other oils, they're not created equal. So there is one secret ingredient which really Vajamishra only knew, which is a part of that oil. That's what makes you tonify. And of course, we have a cream called Celestial Radiance with nine precious gems. Wow. With emeralds and pearls and everything is real. Everything is 100%. I never need to read the labels anymore. Wow. I'm going to float out of the chair (laughs) at the Whole Foods. It sounds like I would just absolutely just take flight. (laughs) <laughs> and um, so is your website the best way for people to contact you? And is it the number five or do they write out F-I-V-E? No, it's number five, uh-huh. fivemapsreflexology.com. For people who are on Instagram, I am, you could say, relaxation station by Sophia or one one word to find me or Esjanovskaya. And of course, I'm on Facebook under Ayurvedic Insights and Reflexology. Okay, beautiful. Anything else, OJ? No, did we miss anything? Anything, anything else, else, Sophia? Never skip or delay the meals. (laughs) 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 Sophia, it's been our pleasure today. I feel like we might need a Sophia part two. There's so much. Yeah. Stay balanced. um, Have a wonderful spring. Um, Protect yourself from the sun. Yeah, right. Yeah. Go to sleep on time. Like whatever you do after 10 o'clock is already not counted towards your health. Got it. Mm. Okay. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, OJ. Yeah. Namaste. I'm so honored. Thank you, to Sophia. To be here today was, on Akshaya Tritiam. It's a lot to digest. Happy to have you. This has been Thank great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at thewayofhealingpodcast.com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash thewayofhealing. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats.